today on The Breakdown. It's a hand from the very, very recent $300,000 buy-in Aria Super High Rollerball, and it features none other than His Highness Phil Ivey, also in the hand, Bryn Kenny, and John Andres. And it is interessante. We're excited to bring it to you right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I like what you did there in the opening. You're trying to bring in the Spanish-speaking listeners. Yeah, it's a demographic thing. Yeah, because that makes up a large portion of the world, and we're just not tapping that resource. It's really bad. So this is this is my first. So like, saying saying interesante in the opening once probably we got them for life. Now <laughs> we're probably good now. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty smart. Um, you know, of course, my our PR guy had a real talk with us about you know reaching out to other parts of the, and other demographics we really haven't been hitting. Yeah. This, this was a big one, and it's our first pretty obvious, pretty pretty naked. Yeah, you know, but still obvious move to like try and bring him and i think i think it's gonna work i'm, no, I'm optimistic definitely. i guarantee it we're gonna you're gonna see clips of that all over youtube i'll tell you what yeah just interessante <laughs> <laughs> anyway this hand is pretty interessante you are right about that and uh it does feature phil ivy which is notable because he's not really been on the poker scene for a couple of years ever since his big gambling fiasco should we call it sure which he's still in the process of appealing i believe right or i is... thought he finally lost for good oh he finally lost for good yeah um for those who don't know it's not something for us to get into too in depth but he you know did what many would consider a legitimate uh edge thing against a casino and the casino sued and won yeah so that ivy could not win yeah and you know it's kind of ridiculous, but whatever. It is what it is. I can see. I feel like I can see both sides of it more so than I used to. I understand the casino's point of view. Let's talk about it a little bit. Why not? It's interesting. Okay. All right. So for those who don't know, it's the 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 issue is edge sorting in Baccarat. Right. Ivy himself was not actually the mastermind, by the way. He was just the whale. Um, it was this woman who is known as the bet like among among the circles the best advantage gambler in the world. Really? Yeah. Uh, wow. And so she had been, been doing this deal with a bunch of different whales, and Ivy was just like the perfect whale. And she's a Chinese woman, and she says that the casinos never really think twice about a Chinese woman playing Baccarat. So she, if she can get a whale with her, it looks like perfect, and she can get away with a lot of stuff. Mm. But essentially, the, they went into these casinos. They had the, a certain type of deck that she had the eye, she has excellent eyesight. She could tell based on the patterns on the deck if a card was a middle card, like an eight or a nine, because of the way the decks were cut in the factory. Hmm. And uh, so they requested a certain deck, and they're just saying it's like for luck or whatever, but it's really <laughs> because she wants this type of deck so she can see this. Yeah. They requested the dealer turn the cards a certain way. They yeah. requested an Asian dealer so that she could talk to the dealer in Mandarin, and, they and the know floor it. bosses didn't know what she was saying. Right. So it was just the dealer who had oversight over the situation and was just like, whatever, these are high rollers, I'll do what they say. Right. She's just saying, let me see that, turn it again a little more and yeah. stuff like that, right? And they, the four bosses might eventually pick up on that and right. it slows it all down. Yeah. So eventually they, she, she figured out which cards were which cards and yeah. they crushed this casino in London for $10 million. Right. They also crushed the Borgata for $10 million using these methods, which the argument uh, for the casinos is that they knew the cards and the right. house didn't know the cards and that's advantage gambling. That's not allowed. I don't think the, I don't think the, it's a fair argument to say it's advantage gambling. I think it's, it's not a good faith game. Okay. Not that's, a good, that, faith that would game. be my argument as the casino. Go the counter argument that Phil Ivey could make is that the, this is not actually cheating. The casino allowed mm -hmm. all of these permissions. Right. They just made requests and the casino honored those requests. Right. 
And all gambling games where you're playing against the house are, in fact, advantage gambling for the casino because they always have an edge. Okay. But so the thing to talk about this, by the way, you know so much about this. I'm really impressed. I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. It's really uh, cool. I read up a little bit. You clearly did. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the difference, though, is, yes, of course, the casino has an edge in all these games, but it's a known edge, right? The casino isn't doing other things that we're aware of anyway. They, they very well might be. But as far as I know, and, and at least the claim the casino would be making is, like when we play blackjack, we, if you play the, the right strategy or whatever strategy you have, like, we know what our, like you know what percentage win we have against you, right? Yeah. You know we're 51% or whatever it is against you. And we, you come in eyes open to that. It's a good faith game. And we're not putting, you know, we're not taking aces out of the deck when we, when we play. Like, uh, how is it not in good faith if they just made requests and they were permitted? Because... Because if the casino understood why the requests were being made, right? Like Phil Ivey, like clearly it's done with deception, right? That's clearly not good faith. There's deception in poker and there is definitely yeah. no, there's, there's definitely no there's chance. deception in poker. It's different. It's on purpose. That's part of the game. Okay. But also in poker, <laughs> you may go, you, part of your argument is you, you yeah. understand the percentages. You certainly don't understand your percentages, your expected value. When you go down to sit at a poker table, you might have an Correct. idea. You might think you're better than you are. You might think you're worse than you are. And of course, and that's, that's a completely different game. First of all, you're not playing against the casino. Why does that matter? Why does it matter? Yeah. Because the game of poker, the whole point is it's an imperfect information game, right? That's the idea of it. There's imperfect information in Baccarat. Hold on. Poker is also a game specifically about deception and bluffing. That's what the game is. That's the game. Those are the rules. Blackjack is not about deception at all. Neither is Baccarat, right? There's no deception in Baccarat. There's no deception, but there is imperfect information. I mean, no one has any information. That's the imperfect information. It's not imperfect. It's zero information. Actually, the information is perfect. We know if you wanted to look it up, you, could, you should know exactly what percentage you're going to win and lose in Baccarat, period. You should be able to look that up easily. Like, I could probably find that on Google right now. Baccarat is also a game, which this is this yeah. is an interesting part that makes a good case for Ivy and the woman who I, whose sure. name I've forgotten, which is probably delightful for her because she doesn't want to be known, um, is that the players never actually touch the cards in Baccarat. Mm-hmm. You never put your hands on the cards. Right. There's no way you could have like marked the cards or anything like that. It's You're just making requests. Yeah. You're just asking the casino to do certain yeah. things. Look, I'm not saying if I knew that woman, I wouldn't try and pull this off and, and like justify myself that this is reasonable because I think it is from the player point of view, but I really feel like I get the casino's point of view of like, come on, like if you like, if there's a deck of cards where like we're playing blackjack and it's a marked deck and the casino doesn't know it and the player does, I'm not saying the player shouldn't try and win, but like if everyone finds out later on it was a marked deck, I think it's very reasonable for the consumer to say you don't get to win those. That isn't money you get to win. Like that seems very reasonable. And I can understand why Phil Ivey lost in a court of law, basically, because this is effectively a marked deck. Well, there was skill involved in, in their ploy as well. I mean, she had the skill like apparently it's like basically imperceptible. These these differences oh, yeah. in the cards like she had to be extremely good at identifying these these tiny differences in the cards. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I th- I'm on the side of the gamblers here. I feel gambler side. I mean, let me ask you this then. So let's say um, we're talking about skill for a second. Let's say I have some sort of weird condition, which makes my eyesight. different. What do you mean? Let's say. You definitely have some weird conditions. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, I have my eyesight's different than other people's, right? And for whatever reason, I see, I can see like, I just see a slightly different plane, right? So for example, I can actually see cards, like through cards, like the backs. I can actually know, I know what cards everyone is okay. in, any, in any deck. So if I sit down at the World Series of Poker and play and win the main event, like I'm going to do most, a lot of the time, right? If I can see everyone's cards. Yeah. Right? I'm going to win way more than I should. And when I'm going to be the best poker player in the world, by a, by a lot, right? Um, what do you think about that? Like, you think that's just fine? 
It's a little different. How is it different in your mind? The casino didn't permit you to play in a certain way. And it is actually a natural ability. I think it's fine, actually. Like you think it's fine. If people find out, they might say like, if that person's allowed to play here, I won't play her anymore. So you and think the world series of poker would allow someone to play in the world series? Do you if think they it's knew that fair about that LeBron James can jump a lot higher than me and would destroy me at one-on-one basketball. That's a natural ability. The whole game is based on athletic, human athletic ability. If LeBron, but LeBron James isn't allowed to wear like, I guess this would still be a human ability. So maybe my point is not, is not exactly salient there. Um, I think it's different. I think like physical abilities are not really supposed to be part of poker, right? Poker is a game. It's not a sport. I mean, there's definitely physical abilities that are part of poker. For example, the ability to keep a straight poker face, the ability to, you don't have to have that ability. You can cover your face. Okay. The ability to play long hours. Okay. Not not getting tired over long hours, being able to stay focused over long hours. That's a physical ability for sure. Okay. I mean, those are pretty, that's pretty thin compared to, I can see through cards. Do you think think? injuries? Don't don't you think that's a really different advantage? I mean, do you really believe that? Do you really think first of all, in a court of law, you would win this argument if you were making, if you were on the side of the player and I was on the side of the the world series or the the rest of the players in the world, like, don't you think you'd lose in the court of law? Probably, but I also don't think it's a perfect analogy with the situation we're talking about here with, with just like the, the casino is entering into this game with these players. Yeah. The players are making requests, which they're allowed to do. The yes. casino is allowed to deny those requests. They yes. could have denied any of the requests. Of and course. They did not. No question. That's all true. And then from that point of view alone, I think it's fine. I think once we get to the point where effectively the cards are marked, I really understand why, why Phil Ivy lost. And I feel like I get both sides of it. Like I'm not even, I'm not actually arguing like the casino should have won, but I really understand why they did and why, how they can make a very reasonable case that they were, that they were essentially um, fraught, defrauded out of this money, which I think is reasonable. Sort of. I, I like it's the whole, the whole thing that's happening with Phil Ivy and this Chinese woman, Chinese woman is clearly fraudulent, right? Like she's talking about how fraudulent is like, no one thinks anything of her. They go and she's talking in a different language. So the floor bosses can't hear clearly. This is about, you know, defrauding the casino in some way. Well, right? certainly it is, but at the same point, it can be argued from a theoretical and philosophical perspective that the casinos are defrauding the people. And although the odds may be known, I disagree. the odds may be easy to, to find out that's not the case for the majority of gamblers who walk into casinos. They don't really understand what's going on when they're putting their chips down on the table. That's true. There's, uh, the casinos are always advertising how much you can win. It's all about how much you're winning. And Almost stuff. every gambler understands that table games are a losing game for most people, though. Don't you think? They understand, like, if they... Don't you think they may think they're hot. They may think they can beat the game, but they don't think like the average schlub can just beat blackjack, right? They get that. I mean, I, I don't think you're, we, we can go with the team grant team Jonathan thing here, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to crush you if you're the guy defending the casinos in this scenario. So we don't have to, but are you team grant or team Jonathan? Tag your tweets. <laughs> are you with the guy, Jonathan, I mean, just, who's defending no, no, the monolithic stop, casinos? Stop. But you're, you're, you're doing this massive, like weird thing where you're glomping all this stuff together. Like uh, you're saying casinos are defrauding customers. I think that is clearly not true. No, I don't I think, think they're, they're defrauding customers. You, you said, but you use that, use that word defrauding. I used it with Ivy. I think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to use it. With I don't casinos. think it's fair to use it with Ivy either. I don't think it's defrauding when they're speaking in uh, intentionally speaking in other languages. You don't you think, think that's, that's a fraud? fraud? It's just and active. they know that and they know the deck is marked and they're it's of not course mar- that's it's, fraud. it's not marked it's cut it's a cut deck it's no it's else come on it's clearly in that way it's marked what do you think marked means yeah. <laughs> why are you why you don't have to like we can be objective about this um i think if i was phil ivy i absolutely would have taken the shot too and i would feel i would sleep comfortable at night comfortably at night with it not feeling like i'm stealing from these guys but i also see why they lost in a court of law for sure and i 
And I think you can make all the rationalizations that the casino allowed these things and, and agreed to these things. But if the casino understood what they were agreeing to, of course they wouldn't have agreed to it. And you could say buyer beware, and that's fair, but I can understand why it didn't work out in a court of law. Okay, what do you think about counting cards? Um, that's a great question. I think that's fine. You should be allowed to count cards. I do think you should be allowed to And you to should count. be allowed to keep any wins if you count cards. I do think so. Okay. Because that's, that's publicly available information that everyone can see. So I think you should be allowed to do that. This is not publicly available information that no one even knows about except for you. That feels really different. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's definitely borderline. I agree with you. But I okay. still... I still I, in my you just heart want of, casinos to lose. In my heart of hearts, I side with the gamblers here because the casinos have so much money and they crush the players all the time. Like I, I love sure. when the players find an edge against the casino. Look, I agree. Look, if if there was a slot machine that paid off at the wrong percentage in you know the Rio, I would be standing there for as many hours until they pulled me away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't. Like that's fine. They they set it up. That's their problem. But the mo- and I and I don't even think they could take the money away from me legally, right? I don't think they get to do that. Um, and that's well, what they would do situation. is withhold the money and then you'd have to fight the legal battle to get it. That's, that's the problem you would end up with. Yeah. And actually, and actually something, um, is really, is like a major software. They don't pay you and they yeah. like can win and they always win those. Um, but like, so look, and I, I agree like on, in general, I'd be on the side against the casinos cause I think they're absolutely taking advantage of most people most of the time. And it sucks. But in this case, we're just looking at this isolated as you're supposed to in a court of law. Like I understand why, why they win. It yeah. makes sense to me. No, I understand why they went to. That's all. I, Team I just, Jonathan, let's go. I just wish they didn't win. Yeah. And I assume most people wish they didn't I'm win. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just one more thing on this, because we spent, you know, 13 minutes on non-poker, but it's very interesting. It's, it's really, Phil it's Ivy. It's Phil Ivy, who we're about to talk about. Um, their edge was 6.5%, calculated at 6 which is doesn't sound like a ton, but that's, oh my God. that's crazy in advantage gambling. To of get course. A, like, card counting, you're lucky to get 1%. Right. Yeah. No, card counting is a very swingy situation. Six and a half percent is not that swingy. No. Because you're gonna play so many hands of baccarat in a day. It's probably an incredibly rare day to lose at when you're up six and a half percent. Yeah. You know, it's like gotta be really hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, anyway, so Phil Ivy's been off either doing that, like because they did this in a lot of casinos for like lower yeah. stakes before they got in in this heat with the uh, British casino and then subsequently the Borgata, um, who also they got ten million off and the Borgata actually paid them. They have to pay them back. Whereas the oh, they do. England, the casino in England never actually paid them. Just gave them a receipt and never paid them. Smart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the way to do it. If you're a casino for those future yeah. casino owners out there. Um, anyway, just a little, that's where Phil I Ivey's guess we been. got into that. Phil Ivey has been either doing that or fighting the legal battle to try to win his money and not playing much poker in televised form, at least. And maybe he's been playing a lot in Asia. We're not entirely sure. I feel like everyone's playing in Macau now. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone but the poker guys, but the super high roller bowl is the first major U S sighting of Ivy for a couple of years. He didn't even play the world series last year. I'm hmm. pretty sure. I don't um, remember anymore. Um, I, I assume he's going to play the world series this year since he's here for the super high roller. Yeah. Bowl. I imagine he will. Yeah. Um, he was in all those Triton super high rollers and he won the short deck one, mm-hmm. uh, which he, he did an interview, said he was happy to get back into tournament play and stuff oh, cool. like that. Yeah. So that's exciting. Anyway, finally a modern Phil Ivy hand. We haven't done one for a long time. It's true. And this is a pretty interesting hand. Let's get into it. It was suggested by the way, by Sam Wynn, who is yes. just a friend of the poker guys. He, he lives in Portland here. Yep. He's actually played on poker time once, right? Uh, yeah, I think he did. He just showed up like, for like, like the, the last, last like hour. Yeah, yeah. The last episode of, of one of the sessions he came in after someone busted him. Yeah. Played, just for a little bit. That's right. 
All right, so let's get to the hand, huh? Yeah, let's do it already. It's been 15 minutes. So well, let's at least go. it was an interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, if, if the listeners didn't like that, that's just too bad. I'm worried about the, uh, the demographics we're reaching out to, though. You know, the new the Spanish-speaking population, how they felt about that. Oh, they very much are on the side of Ivy. I know that. Team Grant. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So it's 2K, 4K. It's day two of the Super High Roller Bowl, which is an invite-only event. Um, the Aria invited 18 players. Uh, and I'm assuming Phil Ivey was one of them of course. that they invited, like the Negranus, the Helmus. They, they want to make sure those guys get a spot. They need a good TV. And then show. for the remainder of the 300K seats, they do a lottery. So you, you're either in or you're out based on the lottery. I think there's they 30 have, more seats. Yeah. And do you know how many people entered the lottery? I do not, but significantly more than 30. That's all I know. I would guess 50 or something. Yeah. Something like that. Like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, we are on day two and we got Phil Ivey, Bryn Kenny and John Andrus. I know for sure Andrus must have gotten in on the lottery because I've never heard of that guy before. I would guess Bryn Kenny lottery. Bryn Kenny probably lotteried in. There's too. no way he's yeah. a top 18. No, he's TV not top guy. 18. No, like right. it's the Phil Ivey's Phil Hummus of the world. Like yeah. you said, and honestly, probably a few of the whales like the Bill Perkins of the Kerry world. Carrie Katz because he owns poker. Go, of course. But yeah. like, I'm sure they have like a number of the super rich guys. Cause it also like makes the other guys want to play more, right? Like yeah. they want to guarantee that bill Perkins is in the damn tournament. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Sorry, Perky. Yeah. Perky lives. All right. <laughs> so bring Kenny's going to open the action as he so often does. Jonathan, this yes. guy plays a lot of hands now he's in the cutoff. So it's a bit more reasonable than some of the opens we've talked about in the past, but it's pretty bad. hand. it's King King seven offsuit. Yeah. Um, he's got 368 K at two K four K. Okay. And there's a Not 4K bad. ante all paid by the big blind each hand. 92 blinds. That's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, so he opens his king seven in the cutoff. Happens to be Phil Ivey's big blind. Might not be the best time to open king seven. In the I cutoff. would fold it, but I'm not Bryn Kenny in fairness. Yep. He probably thinks he's better than Phil Ivey. And you know what? He might be. He probably point. thinks he's at least good enough to be able to open king seven. And it's reasonable. And he, it very well may be the case. Yep. John Andrus with 205K, so 51 blinds, yep. is in the small blind with Jack Nine of Diamonds. He flats. I like that. Yeah, I think it's kind of an awkward stack to three bet with such a playable hand out of out of position. I agree. We could just fold it, but calling's fine. Yeah. Although Brink Kenny's a pretty good guy to three bet. Like that guy yeah. is opening so much. You know what? Yeah, you know what? I just completely... The, I, I forgot that Bryn Kenny's opening. We should definitely three-bet this hand. We can't just flatten the small blind. We're going to let Phil Ivey in rather than win all the time. We like win so much if we three-bet. And this hand's great because if we get four-bet, we can fold. Unless it's tiny, we can just fold this hand. We never have to think about it. Right. Unless Bryn Kenny is four-betting light a ton, which I don't imagine he is. I don't know why it would be. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's some dynamic, but fine. Like, this feels like a... Sna- you know what? This is a snap three-bet based on, based on Kenny opening. When we've seen that, how wide he is. Yeah. Well, anyway, Andrus flats. Okay. It's Ivy, not the end of the world to flat. Ivy's in the big blind with exactly 40 blinds, 160K. He's got queen six of diamonds, and he makes what I think is a pretty reasonable flat. Of course. Three betting at this point doesn't really make a ton of sense when the small blind's going to have a lot of hands that they can continue with if you three bet. Uh, yes. You know, so that's we do get of, that position on the small blind. Yeah, which is a nice. pot. But it's also okay just to see a flop with this hand relatively cheap closing the action. Yeah. So after the 10K raise and two calls, we have 34K in the pot. Heading to the flop, which is a good one for both Andrus and Ivy. It's Ace of Diamonds, Jack of Hearts, Three of Diamonds. Huge flop for Andrus. Yeah, he's got middle pair and the flush draw. Ivy has the slightly better flush draw with the Queen Six of Diamonds for the second nut flush draw. They both check to Bryn Kenny, who makes a Bryn Kenny type play and bets. I mean, you know, sure. You think it's good to What's bet here? What's the board? Ace, Jack, X? Ace, Jack, three. I it's don't... an ace high board. It's pro... This favors Bryn Kenny's range, for sure. 
It has to be a multi-street plan, I think. I think there's a lot of gut shots in our opponent's ranges that they aren't going to fold. I think Andres in particular has a lot of aces in his range. He has some aces, but he's probably going to three bet some of his baby suited connectors and also three bet some of his really big aces. So he doesn't have that many middling aces that are, they, most of them are suited when he has them. I don't know if there's that many. Ivy probably has a lot more aces than Andres, I would think. Do you really think so? Yeah. I guess, no, I guess your point is, well, I think he has more aces than Andres, but I don't know that, but Ivy has a, just a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, Ivy has so many things, including I, any ace in his hand he's probably calling this raise with. Yes. Okay. That's fair. Or, but he's three, three betting some of them. But at the same point, even though there may be more combinatorial aces in Ivy's range than Andres's, it makes up a smaller percentage right. of his range. I agree with that yeah. because of course his range is super wide here. Right. But that's a reason to bet on an ace jack board against Ivy. Right. And Andres has a lot of pocket eights in his, in his range too. And King Queens in his range and stuff like that. Yeah. There's just a lot of hands that can call us for this small bet by the way he bets 11k into 34k yeah he's saying does anyone want to play all of the gut shots you guys have anything all of the gut shots any pair any diamond draw obviously is going to call and it's or race there's not going to be that many good turn cards that we can continue on against those ranges which are pretty well unknown to us because of how wide they can be when we bet this small well i hear what you're saying i will say this let's say we bet as kenny here which i think is reasonable we can talk more about that if you want but let's let's go with it for now it's reasonable um we get called in one spot. If it's Andres who has... Oh, Ivy has 40 blinds, Andres has 50, right? So if it's one of these guys, we're not threatening their stacks when we bet the turn, but we are threatening a lot, a big chunk of their stack when we, when we bet the turn with the threat of a riverback coming as well. That It's going to be hard to hold on with a lot of hands on the turn. Like, yeah. not the hand that Andres has, for sure. He's going to be able to hold on on the turn. But, like, let's say Ivy decides to check call. Is he going to just call a turn bet? I don't think so. Now, he may raise... He may continue anyway, but like, it's just really, even let's say you, let's say you're Ivy, you have ace four. You're just going to go call, call, call. It's like, if you're not going to go call, 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 are you going to call the turn? You have to think about these things and you may dump it sometimes, you know, I understand everything you're saying Mm -hmm. at the same point. I think in a way we can take a step back and it sounds like you're advocating for like consistently triple barreling against, (laughs) against two players, no matter what. This is a great point. And also one of those players being possibly the best player in the world. Yeah. It's all very questionable from that point of view. No question. I agree with you. Absolutely. This is a reasonable candidate to check back also because we have King High. Um, although it's almost never good against two players. I don't know. I don't hate the first bet. And I'm not saying we'd be triple barreling against two. I'd say we'd triple barreling against one if one guy calls based on how the board runs out. We'd have to at least consider doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, but I think, I think the flop bet's fine. That's really all I'm coming back to, really. <laughs> yeah, but it can't just be a flop bet in isolation. It, like, right. a lot of the time it has to turn into a triple barrel, which is like. Yeah. A, well, I mean, it's a long fall. and dusty road to go down, my friend. It's true. It, you're right. I mean, it also doesn't actually have to be a triple barrel. It could just be the threat of the triple barrel. Right? We could bet the turn a lot, fold out gut shots, fold out some weaker one pair of hands, stuff like that. Maybe fold out some flush draws, just all that kind of stuff. And if they call again, we might decide to give up a lot on the river. Like yeah. we're going to have to give up a lot on the river, especially with King high and like a diamond doesn't come. Maybe we check back and like, I hope you missed. I know it's unlikely, but sometimes you have diamonds, right? You know, something like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying it's a great plan, but betting twice being in position, checking back the river isn't horrible. If you only get one caller on the flop. All right. Anyway, Bryn Kenny does bet because you know, he yeah. loves, it, you know, ace high. It's fine. Yeah. Ace high, whatever. So now Andres and Ivy are both going to have interesting decisions here. Yes. Andres, especially Andres's decision, obviously is raise or call here. Right. Now he does have showdown value, which is an argument for calling. Brent Kenny's very wide a lot, yeah. which is an argument for calling. 
Yes, because we can let them keep barreling and like not fold on pretty clean runouts. Right. Which and, there's going to be a lot of them. And sometimes we'll improve. Like actually a lot of the time we'll improve. We improve a huge amount and we often have the best hand right now. Yeah. So I think calling makes a lot of sense. I think calling makes sense too. At the same point, I don't hate raising because we're three ways. Mm-hmm. I don't hate raising because it might be harder to get paid on scary runouts, which most of which help us. Like a jack helps us and that's going to slow Kenny down and a diamond helps us and that's going to slow Kenny down. Right. A, Only nine, a, nine. a nine will be great. Only but. a nine. So a lot of our plan has to be the way we get paid is Bryn Kenny keeps barreling. Yes. And we don't fold. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I think you could make either argument. I think it's fair. I think I slightly prefer calling because Kenny's so wide and Ivy's going to have a lot of folds behind us right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, for sure on clean runouts where we don't improve, we have to have the plan of like call calling a lot of the time against Bryn Kenny though. I mean, Ivy's folding a huge amount of the time behind us, right? Yeah. We block diamonds. We have a Jack in our hand. Ivy's three betting some of his aces. He's just folding a huge amount. Yep. Not this not, time though. Not, not, not this time at all. So Andres <laughs> does decide just to flat. It is a small bet. Yeah. Ivy, Ivy raisings is a more interesting idea than Andres raising. I think because like Kenny is super wide. Yes. And Andres in a three-way pot, he's going to have some slow plays, but a lot of the time he's going to have a hand he can't continue with. If Ivy raises. Correct. Correct. Like Andres like, is going to have his King tens in there, right? He's, he's going to be Jack tens, yeah. King tens, stuff like that. And it's just not going to be comfortable at all. Yeah. 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 So, and Ivy just has queen high, which is almost never good against Andres. It might be good against Kenny, but almost never against Andres and the flush draw. Yeah. Now, an argument against raising is the always threat of, of the, somebody coming over the top and like you don't know what to do with I the mean, second enough flush right here. Probably have to fold. Yeah, you just fold with your 40 blinds, which I mean, sucks. If, if, you had, if, there was, if it was a jack-high board, you could, get, you could go with it, I guess. But an ace-high board where you might just have 33% equity, you might have less even. You just probably have to fold. Yeah. That sucks. It does really suck. The other, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is it's incredibly cheap to call and see another card. It's two blinds, and the pot is big compared to what we're paying, you know? Like, we're getting amazing immediate odds just to see the next card. So that's pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. It's, once again, going to be hard to get paid on diamonds. Really hard. Except, now, it turns out we're totally going to get yeah. paid, but we cannot assume that. And that sucks. A diamond comes, like, the way that it has to go is a diamond has to come we assume it's going to check through a lot or Kenny just decides to keep bluffing and then we probably check call check and then get, try and get it in later. Um, but if it checks through on the turn, then we bet the river and hope someone calls us. Right. I mean, that's yeah. it. And that's not ideal. It's not ideal. Kenny's definitely going to check back a diamond, right? Like I got to, I mean, I assume he's checking back a diamond. Probably. I mean, if it's called in two spots and a diamond comes like he has to, maybe for, maybe we're Phil Ivy and we feel like, there's so many hands where we've like suddenly represent something and we don't have it that we can actually donk a diamond and it's not the end of the world and we can get called sometimes, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't don't know. know. So what do you prefer raising or calling? I am really torn by this one because it's so unbelievably cheap. I kind of want to just call. Sure. But it'd be nice to win the pot right now with queen high or give ourselves a better chance to win the pot later or get paid if we get there. Yeah. I'm really not sure what to do here. I feel like it's really close. It's pretty infrequent that the nightmare getting blown off our hand thing happens. I agree. That very rarely happens. Like, what's Kenny going to actually re-raise with? He might not even have a re-raising range, but if he does... Sets and ace-jack. Huge combo draws. And two pairs. King-ten of diamonds. Yeah. And we can fold comfortably against that range. If that's his his range, that's fine. Yeah. Right? Jack-nine of diamonds would be a problem. Yes. Not that much, though. We're losing to Jack. Actually, it's fine. Even if it's Jack Knight of Diamonds, we're, we're under 50% against that. Yeah. Hand. Turns out Andres has that. But yep. 
So there's not very much to... Re- yeah, you know what? That's a good reason to raise, then. We're yeah. going to win a lot if we raise, right? We're just going to win a lot. Well, Ivy disagrees with that notion, decides yeah. just to call. Maybe the price enticed him. It is cheap, and this way you don't have to go bust on this hand He is often. an advantage gambler. He likes a good price. Yeah. Did he ask the dealer to, like... Yeah, he's like, hey, can you uh, turn the flop sideways a little bit? (laughs) 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 I need to look at the flop. I need you to pull the burn card off and I can just see whatever. Also, can my my friend come over? She's just just going to look. She's just a Chinese woman. uh, She's going to (laughs) observe. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so they both call and we're heading to the turn with a pot of $67,000. Okay. Just, I mean, not dollars, not dollars, chips. Yeah. And uh, that's something you can amass on nitrogen sports poker room, by the way. That was a smooth transition. Not anymore. Thanks a lot. 67,000 chips though. You can get it if you play tournaments on nitrogen and you know, maybe if you play a lot of cash and do really well, it's Um, all possible on nitrogen sports poker. Hey, we also have a fantastic tournament that happens at the end of every month. The last Sunday of every month, sometimes the first Sunday of the next month, depending on when the Sunday falls, where we have a massive overlay every month guaranteed because we have a guaranteed 100 millibit prize pool and the price to play is only one-tenth of a millibit, which means we need 1,000 players to meet the guarantee. The most we've ever had is 73. Last time, we, we just played this uh, two days ago, 63 players. So incredible opportunity. Great overlay. You have to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen or else you can't even access the tournament. You can't even look at it. You can't even turn on your computer, I think. Hey, you know what else? You could also come for, if you decide to do all this and play in the tournament, if you're at my table and I win a pot or win some chips, you can definitely watch people accuse me of cheating. Right. Just because, you know, I'm on, because Nitrogen's a sponsor. It's interesting. Boy, do they always accuse me of cheating anytime I ever win a pot. And that... It's interesting (laughs) because I actually won this tournament one time and didn't get accused of cheating once. I've never won. I finished second once and third twice. I've been accused multiple times. Maybe, maybe I cashed one other time too. Multiple times of cheating. I think it's the same guy, but there's a guy whose name is Denison Levy or was most recently really? Denison Levy. And I was like, Hey, nice name. And, and he said, thank you or whatever. And then I, I don't even know if I busted him, but I won some all in pot. And, uh, and then he immediately started accusing me of cheating. Cool. Saying like, Oh yeah, you know, it's uh, Levy always wins because of the, you know, whatever, by the way, if I'm going to set something up, it probably wouldn't be in the free roll tournament for, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the money's not very much. Number one, number two, nitrogen probably wouldn't want to do it to like upset all the customers where I always win. This just putting what, it out there. This isn't what the ad should be about, Jonathan. Oh, you're right. Let's I'm sorry. Talk. I just got into the story a little yeah, bit, didn't you did. I? But anyway, nitrogen sports poker room <laughs> where there is not that type of cheating. It's just, it's just a good sorry, poker guys. site. It's just a really good poker site and you can experience it through our tournament, which Jonathan mentioned and is a good tournament. Obviously. It it really is. It's the really free good. roll. It's not a free roll, but the overlay is insane. Insane. And, you know, Nitrogen has a bunch of good games going all the time. You don't have to download any software, which is pretty sweet. It's just in your browser. Very easy to sign up. Bitcoin only means fast withdrawals and deposits. It's all good stuff. Indeed, it is grand. And I think it's a free withdrawal every week now. And if you want to do more than that, it just costs a tenth of a millibit, which is like 75 cents. So it's not a big deal to withdraw your as much money as you want whenever you want it. That sounds great. pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet. So yeah, come for the overlay, stay for the trolling of Jonathan. It's a great deal. Yeah, it is a great deal. All right, back to the hand. Okay. 67,000 in the pot. We've got queen six of diamonds for Ivy, jack nine of diamonds for Andres on an ace, jack three, two diamond board. Kenny's got nothing with the king seven offsuit. No diamond in his hand at all. The turn adds another wrinkle, Jonathan. It adds wrinkle another time. Wr- wrinkle and turn. Yeah, featuring Oprah. Oprah. Um, yeah. Uh, queen of clubs. So Ivy now has the best hand. Yes. He has a pair and a flush draw. Andres with a worse pair and flush draw. Kenny's got a gutter. 
and Kenny an overcard have a to both these guys. This is all true. <laughs> so Kenny's got to like a spot. Things start getting pretty interesting here. Andres and Ivy both check. Yeah. Which is just playing in flow. You could argue for donking for either of them, I guess, but you don't really want to. sort of weird to yeah. do that. I, th- I like letting Kenny continue if he's going to be bluffy, which we know he is. I mean, it's kind of crazy how bluffy this guy is because he does bet. I can't believe I mean, how is he betting here? I don't know. It's a I, queen. I don't understand how he bets here. Like the queen the gut Im- shots come in, the gut shots come in and a lot of the gut shots improve to a pair and a gut shot. Right. And, like it I, makes no sense. Queen Jack makes two pair. We block, we block the gut shots. We have King in our yeah. hand. We have King in our hand. We have King in our hand. Yeah. Well, Kenny's going to bet. He bets 34 K and a 67 K. Now this he's is just your, trying, he's just trying to rep aces up. I mean, clearly, right? Yeah. I mean, he's basically he's saying fold, ace your, fold your ace five suited. Right. You I have, ace queen, I have ace Jack. It's a really tough spot now for Andres, right? With Ivy behind him. It isn't based on his hand, but based on his range, he has to fold most of his range here with Ivy behind him. Yeah. A lot of his one pair hands just have to go away. And then maybe, maybe Kenny sees like this interesting squeeze spot basically where he can squeeze out Andres and then Ivy's going to sit there and be like, I had a weak hand and I just, I mean, I, I called 11,000, you know, like and it turns out he has a good hand too, but like a lot of times Ivy's hand is going to be pretty weak here and not be able to call the turn. Maybe that's what Kenny's thinking. That's all I got. Yeah. It seems optimistic. It does seem optimistic. I don't, I don't like the play, but Bryn goes for it. Yes. Makes the bet. Now Andres has an interesting decision because right as it stands uh, with 67 K in the pot, Kenny bets 34 K that brings the pot to 101,000. And Andres started the hand with 205,000, so he's got 195 in his stack right now before he makes an action. No, he's got More, less, no, less. 184 yeah. in his stack right now before and he there's, makes an action. And there's, and there's 105 in the pot? 101. 101. So it'd be a pretty big shove. Right, but he could effectively shove also. Yes. Doesn't, I mean, I mean, he'd be shoving. I mean, yeah. we could call it not. I mean, he could make it 95. Or sorry, right. no, no, Brent Kenny bet 60, right? 30. 34. Yeah, so he could make it 100, but he's effectively shoving. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? What do you think he should do? I don't think I like that play. I feel like we're going to... If Kenny has what he's repping, he's probably not folding. True. Although it does look very strong when we do this. Yeah. But still, he's probably not folding anyway. He's probably just like, eh, call. I got a lot of chips. Yeah, and probably. And if, Kenny doesn't, the top of my range. and if Kenny doesn't have what he's repping, we're probably ahead of him anyway. Right. Exactly. And I mean, we can fold. The good news is we can fold out Ivy's slightly better hands sometimes, right? Yeah, we can fold we can out Ivy's out. weak aces. Yeah, easily. But Ivy might fold the weak ace anyway, right now. He might. And then we get to have Bryn Kenny continue to try and bluff us on the river. And we're going to have to call a lot on the river, I think. Yeah, which sucks, but yeah, that's, but that's like, okay. This is how we're playing it. If, we're, yeah. if we don't raise, we're playing it to call at least a bunch. Yeah. Hoping to improve, but going to have to strongly consider calling. Um, I think I like a call better than a raise here because I think Ivy's, we would expect again, Ivy's just going to fold a lot, a lot. Yeah. But not with this hand. No. Andres does call. Yeah. Do you like that? I think I like it yeah. uh, based on stack size. If, we're, if, we're, yeah, if we had a shorter stack, uh, I think it's an easy move in. Right. Um, we have 110, 120. So let's just go. Yeah. Uh, well, I might have raised the flop. Then. But now Ivy's got a pretty interesting. Decision. Yeah. And he's shorter. Right? He's shorter. Right. He has. Uh, let's see here. He has one hundred and twenty five K. Really? Yeah. And how much is in the pot now? Well, like with 30, the, right? With the bet and the call. Yeah. It's one hundred and thirty five. Wow. So he's got a pot size bet. Ivy but could really shove here. He could shove. The problem is you're often going to get called. Right. You'd think. But it is Bryn Kenny. It's Bryn Kenny. But maybe Ivy's just concerned about it. Ivy can't really fold, right? We have, we're getting a no, great price. He can't fold. He has, he could have maybe folded if he didn't improve and, and pick up the pair. He could probably fold or shove if he doesn't improve. But yeah. now he's, 
He can't fold now. So it's just a question. Sometimes we still have the best hand as Ivy, but not that often. You know, we block diamonds too. So now we assume that Andres probably has an ace a lot, right? Right. So, I mean, this is kind of interesting. It really comes down to Bryn Kenny's range in my mind yes. as to whether we should shove or not. Because I, agree. I think Andres, even though he has a very strong hand, is pretty well capped at one pair with his line so far. When Ivy's behind in his draw heavy board, like his two pair yeah. and better hands, he's going to raise by now. I think with his stack size, he probably is just like, oh, well, let's go. Yeah. Like, if you got me, you got me. Like, can't just let, right. I can't just let everyone get there and do whatever. So the question is, how frequently is Kenny bluffing? Because right. if we think we're going to fold out Andres a lot of the time and Kenny's bluffing a lot of the time, there's a lot of chips out there just to win by moving in and not having to worry about when it. When we're Phil, especially, is yeah. we're going to, like, based on what we have left, it's right. more than our staff. If Andres I mean. is going to fold his better hands a lot, if he has yeah. king-queen that he's going to fold, he's going to have ace-nine suited and ace-eight suited and stuff that he's going to fold. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the nightmare for Phil, Phil Ivey is he calls... Brick on the river, it checks through and Andres beats us with, an, with a bad ace that yeah. we could have absolutely folded out. Right. That is the nightmare. The and Kenny, best, and Kenny that, was bluffing the whole way. Right. The and best case scenario is that, like, the river, Brick River comes, Kenny bets, Andres folds, Ivy calls and wins. But that's asking a lot. Question two is beyond Bryn Kenny's bluffs, which are frequent, we know that. Yeah. Is he betting one pair of aces here some of the time? And he's going to fold those like a lot of the time. Like, does he have ace nine suited himself? Right. Ace eight suited himself. We can actually fold out at least a little bit of his value. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. So that makes me kind of want to move in. Me too. We're also pretty short. Like it's not a bad idea to gamble it up right here. It's hard as we've already observed, if we improve to get any value on the river anyway, right? Like if a diamond comes, we can't imagine we're going to get paid. Right. At the same point, I think it's a really good rep. Like we could have queen Jack and we absolutely have all 16 combos of King 10. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. We can have those things. So I think it's a really good thing to move in here, actually. Yeah. Based we on all that. Could also have bottom set some of the time. Yeah. We might raise that a lot on the flop. We might. We might also three bet it sometimes. Yeah. But we might also just play it slow and give Brynn another chance to bet the turn. Yeah, it's possible. I'd be, it's got to be in there sometimes, right? Not yeah, very often. But, but King 10 makes so much sense. King 10 fits perfectly. Wow. Well said. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I like a move-in better than a call for Ivy here. I think I agree with you. It's just going to be so hard to get paid later. So this is maybe all the chips we can win anyway. And if, if we get called, by the way, we are guaranteed to have some equity. There are no hands in the world that we're drawing dead against. Correct. Except right. for the King Ten of Diamonds, right? We're drawing dead against that. Yeah, that is the one hand, but that's fine. Yeah. Like, okay. Congratulations. Yeah. If you got King Ten of Diamonds, whatever. Like it's hard to believe that Andres has the King Ten of Diamonds, so yeah. only Bryn can really have it. Andres would have probably raised somewhere before now. Yeah, like he probably wouldn't have gone call, 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 which is what he's done. So Kenny's the only guy who can have it. Kenny's crazy wide. We know this about him. So right. whatever he has it, he has it. Who cares? Yeah. So against every other hand besides that, we have at least an inkling of equity. Reasonable, even even. Well, I guess if we're up against a better flush draw. No, no, no. No, no. We're the ace side, the ace side flush draw, but the ace of diamonds is on board, yeah, right? We're in good shape. We against have more all than an inkling of equity. Even. Yeah. We have like at least 20% equity against everything. Yeah. Yeah. Even against a set. Well, yeah. maybe a little less. Anyway, go on. Yeah. So anyway, I think I prefer moving. For I think Ivy. I do too. Now that we're talking about it. Yeah. Especially considering the stack to pot ratio we're going to experience if we just call. Yeah. The only concern that I would have as Ivy, and maybe this plays into his decision ultimately to call because that's what he does, is... It looks like Bryn's sort of setting us up to shove a little bit, doesn't it? Like, Bryn understands our stack size and can see that, like, we could shove a lot yeah, here. Yeah, but it looks like whatever. It's Bryn Kenny. Look at, yeah. look at what Bryn Kenny looks like. He is that guy. You are so into what Bryn Kenny looks like. By that, you mean I am extrapolating a lot based on his image and the fact that he actually lives up to it? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Did you were, I'm older than you. Did you, when you were a little kid, did you get those um, things where it's a guy's face and there's metal fillings and you have like a little magnet, you can put the metal fillings oh, so yeah. it's like hair and stuff like that. Brent Kenny looks like one of those. <laughs> I don't really see it that way. You don't like nowadays, like in the old days he didn't, but now that he's a bald head, he really looks like that guy with like some, some of the metal fillings like for facial hair and stuff do like that. Do you feel like everybody who's bald with facial hair looks like that? I do not. I've never thought that about anyone else. Brent Kenny's head is perfectly round like that guy. <laughs> it is right. It's correct. I anchor somebody make someone make an image. Salty MMA. This is on you, buddy. Yeah. He's our current image guy. He's already probably by now received the package I sent to him, but certainly by the time he's listening to this, because he got a gift, put the two faces next to each other. I don't know if there's going to be a present or a gift this time or a winner contest, whatever. We'll certainly retweet it. It needs to be shown. I mean, we can put the two faces next to each other. It does not take We're not gonna a do lot that. of Photoshop. We're not doing that. <laughs> Maybe you could do that. I got things to do in my life. My, my only, my, <laughs> my whole thing on the Bryn Kenny image thing is, is not about his face looking like the metal shavings guy. It is, uh, it is that like, if you've seen Bryn Kenny's like outfits over the years, he's a very flashy dresser with like the flat brim hats and stuff. It's kind of the stereotypical poker player you'll find in a lot of places that you expect them to be like a loose, aggressive player. Right. Mm-hmm. And Bryn Kenny absolutely lives up to that. He is that guy. No, he's question. just the, he's just the, the God of those guys. Yes, He's like the King of all of those guys. hundred percent. Correct. Yeah. Anyway. So that's a guy you can shove on pretty comfortably as Ivy. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I agree. Um, Anyway, Ivy just calls, and, and we have 169K in the pot. Ivy with only 91K in his stack now. So it's become an interesting spot. Yeah. And it's an interesting river, I'll tell you what, Jonathan. It is. It's the king of clubs. Offsuit king. We got four to a straight out there. So Kenny now, of course, improves to the best hand. Finally. Yeah, and the thing is, he gets to win a lot of the time with the way this yes. thing is, has played he's out. just check through, and he's yeah. going to win. Yeah, it'd be crazy to win this huge pot with king seven yep. with no diamond in your hand. Yep. But it's a, a very distinct possibility uh, until Phil Ivey says no. So John Andres, he checks. Yeah. He's essentially giving up on the hand. Of course. Yeah. Ivy's like, yeah, this isn't good enough. I'm all in. Right. Yeah. He's like, who has a 10 here, really? People can have 10s, by the way. Yeah. There are 10s out there. There aren't that many, but there are 10s. I mean, he must think, first of all, Brink, it's hard for Brink Kenny to bet the turn with a 10 in his hand unless it's the king 10. Right. He's like, you, I don't think you're... He must have decided you're just not betting ace 10 on the turn. He must have. He must think that, or at least... Or maybe he thinks you, you're betting ace 10 and king 10, and those are the only two 10s you can ever have. Yeah, maybe. And that's fine. Right. That actually, I believe, I believe Brink Kenny's probably is betting ace 10 on the turn. So, because he got a gut or two and whatever. Like, he could do that. I so, think Ivy's just saying to himself, my queen is usually not good enough with this run out. Right. And I have a ton of tens in my range. Yes. And Ivy certainly does. Andres has tens in his range too, but not that many on the turn. He does, The only tens he have is maybe a super slow played King 10, which seems unlikely or ace 10 himself, right? Ace 10 suited or any 10 X of diamonds, perhaps maybe a 10 X of diamonds, Jack 10 of diamonds in particular. Right. He can have Jack. Clearly you can have that. That's yeah. a good point, but there's not too many 10 X of diamonds that he's going to play this way that aren't also a pair. Right? right. So that's pretty good. Also for Ivy. If it wasn't clear, what we're saying is Ivy's only repping a 10 here. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Ivy's he's not repping, repping a two a pair or a set or anything like that. The thing that's nice for Ivy is his stack is small enough because he got what? 90 into 135 or something. 169. Like that. 90 into 169. He's giving himself a great price. He's giving himself a great price and it really looks like he's got to have it. Yes. Like, like he knows if he checks, it's just going to check through. He's betting. And like, even this is one of those bets, by the way, when you do have, it, you're like, obviously I'm never getting called. <laughs> right. But whatever, I got to bet it. Like, no, it's actually a, a perfectly good story because like anybody who has any sort of value 
or even not value is going to shut down on that river so much. A hundred percent. So you, you might as well bet it. You have to bet your 10. And yeah. you're like, maybe if Bryn Ken, Kenny has top set or something like that, he may just feel like it's too high up in his distribution. He has to call. Maybe. Know? But that's like what we're down to. Like there's very little anyone can call with. Right. Isn't and a 10. by the way, Bryn Kenny's distribution includes far more hands than the average distribution. So it's yes. a much smaller percentage of his distribution to have top set or any set. Of course it is. Yeah. So yeah. So that's, that's pretty great. It's and pretty great. Yeah. So I think this is, Let's let's talk about which tens Ivy's representing. You would expect, I guess, you could have King Ten and slow play it, and just be like, "I'm just gonna try to fade diamonds here." But he's gonna he usually raise, move in on the turn. He's with usually King gonna 10. move in on the turn with King Ten. Yeah, so, so it's probably not that. King Ten. I think he can have Ace Ten. Yes, and I think he can have Queen Ten, and I think he can have Jack Ten. Yeah, I think he can have those two. It's let's think about that a little more though. Ace Ten makes perfect sense. I'm down. Queen 10, is he really going to call another 35,000, leaving himself with 90 left with Queen 10? I know he's got a gutter and a pair, but... Well, he can absolutely have Queen and Jack 10 of diamonds. Well, sure. So he's got those two combos for sure. Queen 10 of diamonds may raise the flop. Jack 10 of diamonds may raise the flop a lot. Both those. He's got all 12 combos of Ace 10. Yes. And he's got those two combos for sure, at least. Oh, the thing is, they may play differently, right? Those two combos really may not get to the river this yeah. way. That's the only thing. That's true. Like, I just feel like queen 10 of diamonds is such a candidate to raise the flop. You could say the same for the next two combos. I'm going to say, yeah, uh, eight, 10 and nine, 10 of diamonds, right? Which also would make sense if he's going to sometimes get here with those. It's okay to continue in the hand with those, obviously mm-hmm. on the turn, like nine, 10 of diamonds. He might call, but often he's just going to be like, let's go. Yeah. Like I, maybe you'll fold sometimes. Cool. And if not, like, let's try and get up. Let's try and win a huge pot here. Yeah, so I think he's mostly repping Ace Ten. Yeah, feels like. I think so. I think so too. Yeah, but he has some other tens in his range. Ace Ten makes sense. Ace Ten absolutely makes sense. And I guess part of the problem is, and this is one of those things. It's like your story doesn't always have to be that good in this does, spot. It's hard. It's hard to call anyway. Actually, does Ivy have potentially all ten X of diamonds in his range here? I'm saying he will raise them sometimes, but yeah. He's going to defend down to 10 deuce of diamonds preflop. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. For sure. And when he picks up the gut shot on the turn, he's like, he has to continue in the hand somehow. Yeah. And he may just call. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you all 10 X of diamonds. Now that's, that's really good. Yeah. Andres can have those two, but Andres checks the river. Yeah. Andres, so we don't have to be too worried about him. I think Andres would do the same thing Ivy would if he had a 10, which was, is like, I have to move in. I like, nobody's going to bet for me. The fact that Andres checks really removes all, most of his tens. Yep. Kenny is so freaking wide anyway. He can have a 10, but he often doesn't. And we can have a lot of 10s, so great. Yeah, so I think Ivy has all the ace 10s. It makes sense to play ace 10 exactly like this. And at least some of the time, he'll play his 10x of diamonds like okay, this. Okay, I agree. So it's a good rep there. Yes. It's not a huge range of 10s, but it's good. It's something. Yeah. And we had to get here somehow. Yeah. And this is, that's like, there aren't that many hands that get here and, and take this line right now that, that would need to take this line right now. Right. Like, and if we had ace nine, we'd probably check his Ivy rather than move in. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, and as you said, it's hard for Andres to have a 10 now because he's checked the river and Kenny doesn't have a ton of tens in his range unless it's the 10 X of diamonds himself yeah. having gone bet bet. Yeah. So for all of these reasons, Phil Ivy did it again. I think he did another good play. Oops, Phil did it again. He bluffed you off your hand. <laughs> Although I do think he should have moved in on the turn. Yeah, I like that better too, based on our talking about it anyway. It seems to make sense. Anyway, of course, both of his opponents fold. What can they do? Yeah. Kenny thinks for a really long time. Kenny thinks for like a minute and a half before he folds, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, do you think Kenny would have just snap called with two pair? 
I mean, I don't think he would have snap called with anything that wasn't a straight except me. I don't, I mean, I just don't think he would have, but I think he would have, I think two pair, maybe he's for him. He's like distribution wise. I just have to call. Like also he's getting a great price and he doesn't think Andres has a straight very often. He assumes Andres is almost always folding. Yeah. So there's to worry about him. It's a Mm -hmm. great, it's a great spot in some ways. The problem is what does Phil have except miss diamonds? Yeah. And why wouldn't he have raised those by now is, is in Kenny's mind as well. Right. You know, right. But we're getting a great price and I guess our range is so freaking infinite. We just feel like we have to call a lot here. I guess I'm not sure with Andres behind, even though it seems like Andres probably doesn't have a 10. It's still a little scary. It's a little bit scarier. Sometimes, sometimes he can show up with a 10, even yeah. though, but you can remove a bunch of them. Yeah. It's a really tough spot. I don't think it's that tough with a king. No. But if you have like top two, if you have ace king, it's a much tougher spot. Which I, I guess I would guess Brent Kenny probably does end up calling with top two just from a distribution point of view, even though I don't know if it's right or not to. Uh, now, for a lot of our listeners, this is going to seem like old news, but let's let's just clarify that point a little bit. Okay, good. Because we did, in combination, say Ivy's only repping a 10 and that Kenny's going to call with two pair when he folds a king. Like, what's what are you talking about, poker guys? Right. It's That's, as Jonathan keeps using the word distribution, he just means that Brinkney has to choose to call with some of his hands that aren't 10s or right. else we're too exploitable. So he just chooses the better parts of his range and like two pair that include an ace is probably based on the breadth of Brinkenny's range high enough in the distribution that he consider should consider a call based on the price. Yeah. And, and there's value in this for a few reasons. Number one, it's just a good way to make a decision. Like, yeah. if, like Grant said, you have to pick some hands. So you pick the better hands, but also it, it's a way to pick hands. So that way, if your opponent is bluffing, but they actually have something too, in this case, Phil actually is doing that. You win a lot more of the time when you pick your better hands rather than just any hands. Like, oh, I have something I call. I pick my better hands to call with. So once in a while, you don't get this thing like, oh, he's bluffing with the best hand spot. Now, obviously, there's sometimes we're going to hero with really bad hands based on the story and the situation and all that. And that's fine. But when you don't know what to do at all, it's really unclear what to do. You can fall back on distribution. And that's, that's a reasonable way to make a decision anyway. Yeah. Anyway, King 7, definitely not high enough. No, I don't think so. He folds, and Andres, luckily for Andres, folds because he would have actually lost to Ivy. Yes. What an incredible thing if Andres is like, you just have a missed diamond draw. I call with my jack, and then he I mean, loses. what happens if Ivy moves in on the turn? Kenny's going to fold. Is Andres calling or folding? It's 90000 more. He's got a pair and a flush draw. I think the price is pretty good he there. He may have to call. Yeah. He's going to hate his life and call, right? And just be like, I guess we're playing a crazy big pot. I, I hate that I have to call it off here. And then he has <laughs> five outs. Yeah, and, and he does like, not improve it. Yeah. Ivy has a huge, wins a huge pot. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. Anyway, Phil Ivy's back. It's fun. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, you know. Oops. He, he, Phil did it again. Hashtag Team Grant. Music is my sunlight, <laughs> and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to.